Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Well, have to clear that hurdle first. I was gonna say. So you say what the return for Harden could be. Last time we recorded, it was, I believe, on the day James Harden asked for a trade. And I said, look, he's gone. There's only a 5 five to 10% chance he's back. You have to get him out of here. I've changed my opinion on that, both on the percentage he's gone, but also what it would be like if he came back. Um, it has been a week since we recorded. So let's start with, let's, let's talk about James Harden and the potential return, if there even is one for him. I think in the last week, a lot has changed. Uh, the trade has not happened. It got past the July 1st deadline of where it would have potentially been more advantageous for them to trade James on that day. There's almost no new rumors about teams interested in him or anything like that. And now he's partying in the Hamptons with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Uh, obviously, Michael Rubin's no longer an owner, but an influential figure with the Sixers and Tyrese Maxey, Josh Harris, all those guys are there. So, I was going to say, he was spotted talking to Sixers owner Josh Harris, Josh Harris which I yes. think is some really important context yes, to add on sure. top of all of that. And the guy that sold his, the guy that bought the um, Michael Rubin stock in the team was also there. So a huge Sixers contingent nonetheless. Here's my question for you. In the last week, has your opinion changed? What do you make of all this? Do you think James could actually be back? I think he could. I don't think he will, if I had to guess. I think the, and we already discussed this a little bit, but I think it's important to note over and over again that the Sixers have runway right now. They essentially have until late September before anything matters. This mm -hmm. was not James Harden walking into training camp on the first day and saying, I went out of here. He said it as soon as free agency opened. Now, has this complicated their free agency plans? Certainly. They haven't done much of anything so far. We don't know what's yet to come because of that. And it's all being sort of locked up because we don't know what will happen with James. But they have two and a half months, essentially, to get something done. And it's going to annoy the fan base. It's going to suck if they just have to hear rumor after rumor after rumor and hear the reports from people like Woj saying, yeah, well, there's they're entertaining him coming back. Like I can understand that's annoying from a fan base that I think on a lot of levels has just written James off. I do think there's let's call it like a 15 to 20 percent chance that James comes back. I don't think that's going to move one direction or another for quite a while. But the Sixers are going to wait this out. They're going to see the dust settle on free agency. The Clippers are still the team that one James wants to go to, and two I think has pretty significant interest in, in bringing James over there. So they're going to be tied together the rest of the summer, the same way that Dame Lillard, Lillard and the heat will be for the rest of the summer. And I don't know, man, I wish I could tell you, yeah, they're going to get this and he's going to get traded on this day or for yeah. this package and all that. But I, I think it's, it's not the same as the Ben Simmons situation because it's not as combative. I think it's more rooted in, James wants to win, felt disrespected and what have you by what happened with the contract stuff, but was not like, a, oh, I'm going to just never play for you again for multiple years. It's a guy on an expiring contract who has a shelf life for his career at this point in his mid-30s who has some urgency to get where he needs to go. So we'll see what happens. So 
Obviously, as we started with, I was not at the Michael Rubin party. Kyle's going to take care of that for next year. So I wasn't there for all those photos. So it could be these photos. They did a shot and they said, hey, man, it was great playing with you. Let's enjoy a good night together. But I also think you could look at those photos. And I think they're important in the way that one one thing with Harden, and I probably said this on the last pod, was if you look at when he wanted out of Houston, he caused a bit of a scene to get to Brooklyn. Wanted to get out of Brooklyn, caused a bit of a scene to get to Philly. I think a key difference here is this, and, and correct me if you think I'm, I'm wrong. I still think James wants to be in Philadelphia. W- would he prefer to play for LA because maybe he feels more wanted there and he feels kind of uh, burned by Daryl? Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. But he's already opted in. He's on his one-year deal. He clearly is still friendly with Joel, Tobias, Tyrese. And I can't imagine he has a bad relationship with Nick Nurse off of one meeting. He knows he can win here. I don't think I think he has a way better chance to win in Philadelphia than he does uh, with the Clippers. I think the West. I just don't see the Clippers doing it. So I think if he were to you know take a month, take a month and a half, and get over what has happened, and maybe he does have a right to be upset. Maybe Daryl did kind of backhand promise him some money last year, and now it didn't happen. Whatever. But I think there's just a major difference between James wanted out of those places because he no longer wanted to play there. Now I think he only wants out because he didn't get his money. I still think he enjoys being a sixer to an extent. So I do view it as more than a 15 or 20% chance because if Daryl is going to hold strong for a good return, and he should, by the way, he shouldn't just trade, just trade him. If he's going to hold strong for that, I just wonder if James eventually will go, all right, you know what? I, I, I like playing here. I have a chance to win. I don't have to move. Maybe I'll just come back. Yeah, I think to your point that the players on the team, I don't think have done anything to make James mad, right? We could read between the lines with what he's saying reportedly about wanting more offensive freedom, that some of that is that, look, Joel has to get however many touches and he's the center of the offense and so on and so forth, that those are – not shots at him, but sort of indirect shots at him just in the way that the team is set up. Mm-hmm. But I do think good relationships with Joel, Tobias, Tyrese, all the all the important guys on the current team. So if it comes down to there's just not a trade out there and he's got to try to – look, so much of this comes down to what does James Harden's next deal look like? Because – the decision to opt in now puts him in a position where he can't really afford to just not show up and put on, like as people have been joking, put on the fat suit and show up yes. to training camp. And I know that it's a, it's a credible threat. And we've gone over that with Arden, that this is a guy you take seriously when he says he's not happy and doesn't want to be somewhere because he's shown multiple times that when he doesn't want to be somewhere, he'll force his way out. But I think it's important in both of those two situations Houston, you could say he ran out of rope there. The team was rebuilding, like clearly transitioning into the next phase that he didn't want to be part of. And in Brooklyn, there were very visible and obvious issues with Kyrie Irving specifically, his commitment to the team and winning and and what have you. And, I mean, his willingness to go to Phoenix and play with Kevin Durant that was reported earlier in the offseason, that suggests to you that was basically only a Kyrie thing, right? That that him and Durant are still on pretty good terms, all things considered. So a lot of the prior issues have been connected to a player or multiple players where 
That's not the problem here. And so if you do run into a situation where the offers aren't there and you take this into camp, I think Joel, maybe Nick Nurse, maybe Tobias can at least get him to say, I'm going to do what I can while I'm here, while they continue to work on stuff in the background. Maybe that's naive and maybe that's a misunderstanding of who James Harden has shown himself to be. I think regardless, even if he puts on a good face, it's not going to make it any better in terms of the public discourse on this. I think people are so sick of him, not just around here, but nationally, that it's going to be a constant story. And I think that's where it'll get exhausting, that the players tried to put on a good face and say, we're not thinking about Ben Simmons and this and that during that whole season. But it's human nature, man. When you're getting asked the same questions about the same person who's not even playing for the team over and over again, that wears on you. And eventually it just, there's only so much you can take. I think a key difference with the Ben Simmons thing was, and I know he was there for a few days, but he wasn't really around the team. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, you were covering it. Like it wasn't, I know he was, I guess, in the weight room and things like that. But I think if James came to training camp, James would play. James would be on the court. James would be playing in the game. So I think that would be one major difference. But I also think another difference is, so let's say Lillard gets traded. My guess is if Harden's going to stay, there will be some type of like tweet or, you know, maybe you'd, I, maybe you'll get the report saying like, hey, they've mended bridges. They're back. They're going to, they're going to play together next year. I just don't really envision a world where they go to training camp. They're in Nick Nurse's first training camp and there's still reports every day about Harden potentially coming or going. I think if he, if he is in, and my guess is they're not going to do training camp in Charleston this year, but let's say they do do it in Charleston or wherever they do it. If he's there, then I think it's fine. I don't think there will be that distraction that there was uh, with Ben. Now, if James comes back and is still somewhat upset and things go ugly, like let's say they get off to a slow start or he's not happy with his role in the team, that's where I think you could you could run into some trouble. But as far as the fan stuff and the distraction, like I got news for the Sixers. That ain't going anywhere until you get out of the second round. <laughs> I talk to Sixers fans on WAP. You do on, on Twitter or, or our new Blue Sky profiles. They are mad. <laughs> that is not going away. Like that, you can trade James. You can do whatever. The total reaction to this team is going to be, you guys are losers until you get out of the second round. So while I do think sometimes fan opinion should be taken into consideration by teams to an extent, like the Sixers can't do that here because they are not winning anybody over until they get out of the second round. I agree with you, but I think it's there's a distinction between they're going to get skeptic type questions about their play regardless. It's different to be like, like if James is pitching a fit or, or doing whatever and trying to get himself out of there, derailing the team, however you want to frame it. Getting asked about that every day and uh, do you think that the team should trade him? Do you want this to be over? What kind of player do you think you guys need like those are questions that those guys frankly don't really want to answer and have to talk mm-hmm. about and not that they want to answer a lot of different questions right. that are uh, put them on the spot like that but i just think that's a different brand of annoyance that these guys don't want to have to deal with well I, again this is all so far off this is we are again two and a half months if not more away from any of this really mattering when James would walk into camp. I do think think your point about like, I think it could at least go for the next month. Like, I I don't know 
what the urgency is. Right. If you're the, like the, for example, if you're the Clippers, what what's your urgency to get something done now? If anything, they want this to run as close to training camp as possible. Because if James does come in and start fucking shit up and saying, fuck this organization, I don't want to be here. Joel Embiid's a loser. Dow right. Morey promised me money under the table. What, like Whatever it is, that only the only person that that gives an advantage to are the teams that are looking to acquire him. So the Clippers, maybe the Knicks. If the Heat, for whatever reason, don't acquire Dame Lillard, maybe Miami. Anybody that wants to acquire James could just sit here and look at it like a ticking time bomb and say, well, we don't need him to show, we don't need him to be on our roster in late August. That that doesn't make a difference to them, right? So I think the motivation on the outside is to take this as long as possible because then you might get him at a real bargain rate compared to now where Sixers are still asking for a high price. It probably won't get met, but it might get, closer to that because there's at least some theoretical competition but the the tough thing for the sixers is they're kind of in a holding pattern like they're losing guys they brought in pat beverly which we can talk about but harden feels like a massive thing for this team in terms of figuring out the rest of the offseason so do the sixers really want to go till whenever training camp starts and then trade Harden the day before that feels like not a good situation for this team overall so i think the sixers if they're willing to hold it out that long at that point, And again, if Harden throws a fit, maybe it is what it is at that point. I think their heels would be dug in even more of like, no, we're not trading this guy. We just went a full off season with this. Well, that's kind of the problem is that I don't know that they're ever going to have full leverage in this situation, unless he truly shows I'm willing and want to come back on some level. All the options are bad because if you just let it go right now, we're seeing some of the consequences of that. They're not making moves right. because you can't know what you're going to get back for James. I mean, you can know what the offers are. And I would say they probably know at this point that if they were to trade him tomorrow to LA, for example, you're not getting a star back. You're probably getting multiple role players back and picks back and that yeah. sort of deal. And so you don't want to fill out your roster and put guys on guaranteed deals. And then in two weeks, you make a trade and you wake up and say, well, now we got to cut this guy or we got to let a young player go or whatever they have to do to make the roster space. So they're kind of paralyzed right now because of that. And then they could get put over a barrel again in the fall. Like this is not, I don't think, a great position for them to be in. So really the only way out is for there to be a concrete sign from James himself that, yeah, coming back here is acceptable to him. And so that's why I think it could take a while because that's going to take real work. That's going to take him and Daryl Morey getting into a room, getting on the phone, whatever it is, and having some serious conversations because it certainly seems like between James and his representation, they have beef with how all this was handled by the front office and so on and so forth. And so that has to be hashed out you figure out okay what's the path forward from here and even if it's just pr spin and you just say it even though you don't mean it there has to be some sort of convincing move or statement from harden for them to create real trade leverage if that's what they're trying to do yeah i just 
the, if the, like again to bring it back to Ben. When Ben was was here, his issue was with Joel, and it was with Doc. It was with people that he was interacting with on the practice court. And I know Daryl's around the team, but Daryl's not in the huddle. Daryl's not in the locker room, you know, enduring meaningful moments. So I think you could get over that quicker. I do. I do wonder, and I'll put my tinfoil hat on here. Like, is there a chance Daryl played this perfectly, where? He got James Harden to opt in. The only thing he has to do now is smooth over that relationship, which seems, frankly, a lot more doable than other stars that won out. And then he's got Harden on a one-year deal. He's got him and Toby as expirings. Like this kind, if they can get Harden to be in a good mood about this and come back, this kind of worked out the best you could have hoped for. Well, having Harden on the short-term deal is great in a lot of ways. Having him on a short-term deal where he's actually pleased to play for your basketball team obviously would have been get over it. the Am best under- outcome. Am I underestimating I, how mad he is? I just think this seems so easy to get over. Like, he's locked in on the deal. He's not going to get the money in L.A. In theory, yeah. But, look, I, if I knew what drove James Harden, we wouldn't have spent months talking about if he's going to go to Houston. And, Maybe we'd be at the right party if you were friends with him. Uh, you know. <laughs> Probably not ever going to be friends with old Jimbo if I had to no, guess. I don't but, see that happening. But look, man, you never know what's going to happen here. I think they're going to play this out as long as it needs to in order to either maximize the return or get James back. And we'll let the chips fall where they may. So the last kind of poker chip here, the last big piece that the Sixers are at least publicly saying they're fine holding on to is Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was was also at the party in the pictures. Uh, it's funny, there's this one picture of him, Joel, and James where it looks like he's kind of pulling everyone together for a group hug. And it's like, man, look at Tobias now, the team leader once again, pulling together everyone to bring this back. But a reaction to that pick was from Sixers fans, they might really run this back. They might bring Tobias back. They might bring Harden back. The, you know, They're obviously not going to trade Joel. They keep Tyrese. So Tobias feels like a piece as well that is, all right, maybe they will run this back. Let me ask you this. How real do you think the Sixers threat is of running this thing back? Do you really think they are willing to do so? Or is all these pieces combined? Maybe they're being real about Tyrese, maybe Harden. But overall, this roster from a starting five perspective, not just the depth pieces, but the the main pieces of the team. Do you think they, they are really willing to run this thing back? For sure. If they don't think that there's a better option, whether that's via trade, who they can pick up that's left in free agency, I don't think they're just going to make a trade just to do it. I think, again, if you go back to where we started with Maxi, you're not going to say to Maxi and his agent, we're not extending you because we want to potentially sign a Max guy next offseason and then we'll take care of you, so on and so forth. And then you flip Tobias Harris for, you know, we'll call it bad money over the long term over a couple contracts. And then you eat into that space. And it's like, well, we potentially pissed off Maxi, who's a better and more important player than whoever you're bringing back for Harris. And then on top of that, killing yourself in free agency next season. Like that's then you're just losing every single battle at the Mm -hmm. same time. So I think Harris is important on a lot of levels, right? Like we talked about if they want to flip a contract for a big chip out there, that he's the guy that they have to move. Now, Harden being in the trade marketplace now changes that a little bit, right? You can use right. his salary and do some creative things depending on. But you're probably kind of not trading you Harden. You're probably not trading Harden for another star. 
right? No. Like maybe it's a three team deal, but Toby's your star piece. That's like your, your contract to get a star. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see on Tobias. I, I think certainly if they were able to upgrade the team, maybe get some better fitting pieces because of him, then sure. But I think as from where we sit right now, it's also hard to trade Tobias not knowing what you're getting back for James. I think it's all kind of going to come together at once, right? If you trade James and you get guards, like heavy guards into the rotation, well, then what sense does it make to try to trade Tobias for Mm -hmm. if they're available guards or vice versa? You trade James for wings and forwards. Well, then you have a a log jam there and it makes a lot more sense. Let's see what you can do with Tobias and get some guard help behind Maxi, maybe in the starting lineup, whatever you're going to do. The James Harden ship and, and what they do with that essentially controls the entire rest of the the off season and the roster building situation. And we haven't really brought up his name to this point, by the way. So much of this depends on, what is Joel Embiid going to be happy yeah. with? And, and I'm not saying that he's in these front office meetings or anything of that nature, but I think it's important to note that if you were to trade James Harden, who will say he's a dollar and you're turning him into, you know, one quarter and a few dimes, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid has to be okay with that. He has to be willing to say, yeah, we're going to take on expiring contracts and role players and essentially just kick this season and hope that Maxi makes a big jump in the hopes that free agency is helpful next off season. Cause otherwise you could be looking at a situation where at Christmas they're under 500 or they're not good enough. And Joel looks around and is like, what the fuck am I doing here? And that's kind of the big thing. And so that's where I think they need to really turn their attention to throughout this off season is not just what are we getting back for for Harden, but also is what we're getting back from Harden going to appease the guy who really matters to this organization. So it's my fault for not starting with this. We got to talk about the Watcher tweet, right? I mean, that that is what you're talking <laughs> about. The, the tweet from Joel Embiid. To me, it's pretty obvious. Like, it's a I'm watching what's going on here, do something type thing. But what did you think of the tweet? Well, I enjoyed all the people who were like, it's a show on Netflix. I know, it doesn't I said, yeah, mean anything. On. And I was yeah. like, you guys are, Joel has tweeted how many times in the last, you know, here. Actually, I'll pull I, up his feed while we're on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's like about three times. Yeah. There's a Tour de France one that he had, uh, which I think is obviously just about the Tour de France. So Tour um, de France earlier that day. And then the last one before that, was when he won MVP and lifted the trophy on May 7th. Yeah. And you so guys are telling me as the Sixers are sitting around in free agency and all this is happening, that Joel is watching the Netflix show and that's what he decided to tweet about. I, I don't think so. So All right. So what do you think of the tweet? It's interesting. I don't know what to make of it because, it look, there are all kinds of inside jokes and nicknames and various things that that could be referring to he's watching Harden or he's watching Maury or whatever it is. But the fact that he was just sending one of my favorite tweets of all time is there's a guy that described how different NFL players at different positions tweet. And Mm -hmm. it's like the tight end says derp and the (laughs) wide receiver says, uh, 
your enemy is behind you holding a knife and just like weird cryptic shit. And so Joel tweeting like a wide receiver does. I got a real kick out of that. <laughs> it makes sense for Joel. I can't tell you what I, I would make of it at the moment. I just think it's notable that he's saying things that are not, that are saying things, but are not saying things at the same time. Well, and this is what at times has frustrated me about Joel when he tweets something that is very clearly for attention in the way of like, there's a message here. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, I was just watching The Watcher on Netflix, which is probably what he'll say when Pete, when he's asked about this. Joel is too smart. I've been around Joel. You're around him way more. He's too smart not to know how this is going to be perceived. So I absolutely think it was something along the lines of, yeah, I'm like, go do something. Go do something. And I think there's been a lot of national NFL, uh, NBA guys as well that have like hinted at, hey, like this could be, he could be someone that asks out. Tim uh, Bonteps, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was on yeah. the Hoops Collective with Brian Windhorse and said essentially like an informed opinion of, hey, Joel, like he, like he is aware of that he needs something to happen here and maybe he'll ask out. So I think that it's not at the point yet where the Sixers have to be worried about it. But I'll tie this back into Daryl Morey and, and, and Harden. This is why I think that the Harden thing probably won't stretch out maybe as far as you do. I think there'll be a resolution, whether that be a statement saying, hey, we're gonna come, he's going to come back or a trade. Because as much as Daryl has earned the reputation of being someone that will wait this thing out, he did it with Ben, he's doing it with Toby, he's earned that right. I also think Daryl is a good general manager and realizes, because you've said it repeatedly, and you know basketball, like this whole seat, this whole offseason is tied to Harden. You can't just ride this thing out unless you're serious about bringing him back. So I do think when you combine Joel wanting to see something happen, and maybe that something is Harden coming back with the fact that so much of the offseason is tied to it, with the fact that Nick Nurse probably wants to not go into training camp knowing one of his best players could be traded at any moment. I think this Harden thing is going to to – within two weeks, there will be some type of resolution, whether it is, hey, he's back or, hey, he's going to be traded. Well, one thing that supports that idea is that every executive in the league will be in Las Vegas for summer league coming up. And so there are a lot of opportunities for people to get into small rooms together, sit at the blackjack table together, whatever, wherever you want to potentially construct a deal. And you know, kind of figure stuff like that out. So there will be a lot of discussions in the desert in Las Vegas, and we will see if anything comes from that. The last thing I'll say before we move to their only signing of the offseason is I am okay with running it back. Like I am. I think they're good enough to win a title as constructed. If you look at the continuity, I think it matters to bring that back. Very few teams throw it together. So while I understand the panic from Sixers fans that are frustrated with the team, I don't have that same do something, do something, do something. And I don't think the Sixers will be motivated by that either. I mean, Nick Nurse could be the difference between them beating Boston in game six and then going on to, in my belief, the title. Couldn't even but, win a summer league game, Elliot. Come on. When you talk. I, hey, I really <laughs> um, respect the fact. I like the fact he's coaching the summer league. Like, I think that yeah, is a legit, cool. a legit, really good thing to see from him. I don't know if he's going to coach in Vegas or not. Uh, they left that open to... There might be another person steps in at that point. But yeah, I think at least to, especially in the case of somebody like Jaden Springer, who I, I think there were a lot of people around here who were like, Doc never gave him a chance and things like that. Yeah. So for Nick to at least 
go to Utah and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to spend some time with this kid specifically and certainly the rest of the guys, but a former first round pick who's still young, who might be you know, competing for rotation minutes at some point. I think that's some good due diligence and you know, we'll see if anything comes from it, but not, uh, not the worst movies ever done.